1: talking about our Los Angeles Rams. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans. We have the first half of Tom Court's crossover segment with Brian Anthony Davis of the Behind the Steel Curtain podcast. Check it out. Always fun getting the perspective from the other guys. And Brian is going to do that for us. We're going to open up with a player focus feature on Miles Gaskin. Get to know him a little bit. He's one of our new running backs, if you haven't been paying attention. You can also watch that on our YouTube channel. And we have a lot more coming at you between now and the Steelers game. We have the second half of the crossover. We have our game picks. And I'll have my game preview for you sometime, probably Saturday. One bit of news, something we should all be monitoring T.J. Watt sat out practice on Thursday, nursing a sore heel, and that could be big news heading towards this Rams-Steeler game. Rams are banged up. Steelers, were coming in pretty healthy. If T.J. Watt can't go, that is a very big deal. Hey, prior to the season, we were doing a lot of player focus features. Guys, the Rams were signing, rookies and such. Don't typically do that in the middle of the year, but But with all these changes in the running back room, made sense to do one now. Let's get to know Miles Gaskin. Pretty talented guy. Raised north of Seattle. Attended O'Day High School in Seattle. As a junior, rushed for over 2,100 yards and 35 touchdowns. As a senior, almost 1,600 yards and 25 more touchdowns. Also ran track. Goes to the University of Washington and becomes a starting running back as a true freshman. As a freshman, rushed for over 1,000 yards, rushed for 181 yards and four touchdowns in the heart of Dallas Bowl. Never heard of it, but there you have it. Sophomore season, almost 1,400 yards and 10 touchdowns, all Pac-12 first-team. And in his junior year, led the Pac-12 with 21 rushing touchdowns and three receiving touchdowns as well. In a game at Colorado, rushed for over 200 yards. He became the first Pac-12 player with four 1,000-plus rushing yard seasons. Finished his career at Washington with a school record 62 touchdowns. Second in Pac-12 history behind Royce Freeman. And who are the top three rushers in Pac 12 history? And these are records that look like they're going to stand up forever with the Pac 12 coming to an end. Number one, Royce Freeman. Number two, Charles White. And number three, Miles Gaskett. So he's part of that 2019 draft, 5'9", 205. Two items of interest in his draft profile that jumped out at me, according to NFL.com. Shows the courage to square up and take on much bigger pass rushers in pass protection. That's a requirement to play running back for the Rams and a capable pass catcher with sharpened focus and ball skills when targeted downfield. And that's a nice to have. And if you watch the tape on him, pretty impressive. You can go to our YouTube channel. We have some clips there in our profile of him. Our player focus of Miles Gaskin shows a little bit of power, a little bit of elusiveness High-intensity running back, I was pretty impressed. He seems like a versatile running back that can do a little bit of everything. Pass protect, run in the open field, speed to burn. Remember, he was a track guy, and Elusive can slip through gaps really well. Lot to like about this guy. Surprisingly, he lasted until the seventh round. The 234th pick overall, the 25th and last running back taken. And the second running back taken by the team that selected him, the Miami Dolphins, appeared in seven games as a rookie, recorded 133 rushing yards and one touchdown to go along with seven receptions. In 2020, had a couple of career starts and a couple of good games, 95 yards rushing against Jacksonville, 87 yards against the Raiders. In 2021, he was the Dolphins starter, but he split time with Duke Johnson and... Didn't get nearly the amount of touches you'd expect for a starter. Signed a one-year extension in March, but then was released in August. Vikings picked him up, and he was back and forth between the practice squad and the active roster before being picked up from the Vikings practice squad by the Rams. Right now, in his career, 361 rushes for 1,355 yards and 7 TDs. That's a 3.8 average. Not bad. 101 receptions for 701 yards and another six TDs. So right now, when you consider all the Rams running backs, he might be the best receiver, even if Kyron and Ronnie Rivers were available. My expectation moving forward until Kyron is back anyways, Zach Evans is probably going to get the primary touches against the Steelers. Just guessing here. Miles Gaskin, if he spun up on the playbook, he will get some touches as well. And by the time we get to that Cowboy game, I think Gaskin's going to be getting a lot of touches. I would think 50-50 between Evans and Gaskin. Royce Freeman, maybe some short yardage situations, goal line situations. Freeman is the guy that's going to contribute more on special teams, I think. But Gaskin's is going to definitely have to contribute, and I think it's a good pickup. Now remember, Gaskin's had to be put on the active roster when you pick someone up from a practice squad, they got to go in the active roster. Daryl Henderson on the practice squad knows such requirements with him as he was a street-free agent. And I think he's going to stay there. Would they pull him up for the Steeler game? The only reason they might is if they feel like Henderson has a better grasp of the terminology and the playbook, having been with this team before. But Miles Gaskin in Kevin O'Connell's offense... Maybe be able to get spun up quicker than you think. So I'll go out on a limb here. I'm going to say 15 carries for Zach Evans against the Steelers, five carries for Miles Gaskin. Miles Gaskin may be out there more in passing situations. And Royce Freeman, it'll all depend on the situations, whether he gets on the field or not. Next up, the first half of our Rams Steelers crossover.
5: Welcome to another edition of the Rams Up Podcast Crossover Show. This week, I'm joined by Brian Anthony Davis from the Steel Curtain Podcast Network, also on FFSN. How you doing, Brian?
3: I am doing absolutely fantastic, Tom. I have been waiting a long time to record a show with you. I'm really excited.
5: Yeah, could, yeah couldn't come at a better time here. You're coming off the buy. The Rams are... Uh, having an outstanding season so far. So let's just dive right in real quick. I'm going to give your listeners a, a quick summary of the Rams season so far, uh, where they where it started and where it is, and then uh, you can do the same for the Rams on um, the Steelers side. Then we'll dive into the Rams versus uh, O versus Steelers D, uh, Steelers O versus Rams D, and then a little bit of a wrap-up. So just diving right in. Okay, so the Rams 2021 win the Super Bowl. Fantastic year at home in SoFi, couldn't have been a better story, and then tried to run it back in 2022, absolute unmitigated disaster in every single stretch of the, you know, of, of the word. and uh, won't even go into all of it, but uh, five wins, just complete disaster. Um, 2023, have a really a, a question, should we do a full rebuild, or should we do a partial rebuild, or try and run it back? The Run it back was out of the question. Uh, so it was they decided on a partial rebuild, the rebuild around um, you know, take one more shot in in uh 2024 with Donald, Stafford, and Cup. So what did they do? They take 80 million in dead cap, uh you know, letting go of Jalen Ramsey, Leonard Floyd, Bobby Wagner, the entire starting secondary, the starting D-line, except Donald and make room for all of these rookies and former backups to play and see who can and can't contribute clear cap space, get your first-round draft pick back, and make another run at it in 2024. And so understandably, the Rams were projected to win kind of six to seven games. Well, fast forward to week seven here, they're 3-3 and with all their losses to teams that were in the conference championship game last year in the Bengals, Niners, and Eagles. And the Rams were competitive in all those games. So with a record of 3-3, and Rams fans are extremely optimistic about this team. And a lot of these new players. But then there's the Steelers, who have a better record at three and two with two solid wins against the Browns and Ravens in division. And from the outside looking in, it sounds like fans are extremely pessimistic. What's going on with the Steelers? Well,
3: winning ugly is right right now is the MO for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're winning with defense. They are winning, Tom, with arguably one of the best defensive players in the league and you know that's dangerous to say around Rams fans because we know how amazing Aaron Donald is especially in the city of Pittsburgh when he's a Pittsburgh kid he went to the University of Pittsburgh we know that but we will also we have no problem putting T.J. Watt up there with Aaron Donald I think right now he could be One of those guys that would be on the short list for his second defensive player of the year award. TJ Watt is just wrecking everybody in five games. He has eight sacks. He was only held sackless one game this season. That was against the Houston Texans, but that's the problem. He has been pretty much not only the Steelers defense, but he's been the offense as well because The defense has scored almost just as much as Kenny Pickett and the Steelers' offense. That's why there's a lot of pessimism. They won games late. They beat the Baltimore Ravens in week five, and they were not good. The best team was wearing white and purple in that game. And, you know, that hurts me to say because I live in Maryland, and I just abhor the Baltimore Ravens. But the Steelers were not the best team that day. And right now, I would not be surprised if the Steelers continue to go backwards because everything you hear about Matt Canada is true. They, the offense is a mess right now, and they are not going to fire him as an offensive coordinator, but it's just uh, they have to win in spite of his leadership there.
5: Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, he's so highly talented in college and so many coaches in the NFL really even, including McVay, borrowed some of his stuff. And um, uh, but it really feels like uh, you know, the NFL adjusts to things so much more quickly than college. And it just feels like he's still running that same stuff that was innovative, you know, sort of uh, you know, whatever it was four or five years ago, and really hasn't um really hasn't made the next chess move, if you will. Tom, if um, I could
3: say something about that. His stuff is very innovative, but you just said chess, and he is playing checkers against everybody else. He has not evolved. The decision-making is the problem. They could get rid of him right now and keep the playbook, and the Pittsburgh Steelers would realize some great things. It's not the playbook that's the problem. He doesn't know how to use his own playbook.
5: Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So he's a good he's a good designer of plays, but he's just not a good uh, sort of tactician when it comes to to, you know, playing the chess game um, against the the uh, the D, the DC on the other side. Interesting, interesting point of view. So if we dive into the the Rams versus the Steelers D. So from the Rams O perspective, return, unlike the defense, return most of the uh, the offense. And then lo and behold, Cup goes down into training camp, starts uh, starts the year on the IR. Cam Akers, our number one, our number one running back, is let go, just, just isn't panning out. Some attitude issues you know, dating back to last year. Starting left tackle, Joe Nopoom, who got $40 million over three years to replace Whitworth, uh, got beat out by a UDFA, Alaric Jackson, for at left tackle. And um our second receiver, Van Jefferson, was on um, completely unproductive, nowhere to be found, and was ultimately let go, essentially traded for nothing um to the Falcons. The, uh, that was the, but you know, then in steps Puka Nakua, who just had an astounding first, you know, four games and uh, fifth round draft pick. Uh, Tutu Atwell finally emerges, third round, second round, i oh, sorry, second round draft pick, third round, third year guy finally emerges. Um, Kyron Williams, uh second year, fourth round draft pick out of Notre Dame, steps in, has been fantastic. And then the O line has also been very good and mostly healthy. Uh, but the Rams have struggled to put together four quarters. It's been you know, kind of a first half team and then, and then nothing. And then last week was the opposite against uh, Arizona. And, um, and then this week we'll be without Conor Williams and uh, number one uh, running back and Ronnie rivers backup. up. Um, and then uh, probably end up going with Zach Evans, the number three uh, rookie was a six round pick. Um, and, uh, and then uh, Royce Freeman, you know, kind of the, the veteran that's been um, on the practice squad for us. So, uh also signed back uh Gail henderson who was with us last year so it's going to be kind of running back by committee back there and uh, we'll see what happens how does uh how has the steelers d been looking
3: the steelers defense it's a uh it just depends what week it is it seems like early on they're a little bit of a sieve you know you can run on the steelers The the Steelers are really missing Cam Hayward, who went down against the San Francisco 49ers in week one with a groin injury. He's going to be back this season, but he's likely to miss about eight games. So in the second half of the season, you're probably going to see him back week nine, week 10, maybe. And that's going to help this defense, especially against the run. But right now, he is not available. But we all know about T.J. Watt. We all know about, if you don't know, you will know about Alex Highsmith. He signed that big contract this year. On paper, he only has two sacks, but he has a lot of strips. He's very dangerous on that other side, and he's a wrecking ball as well. I would uh, dare to say that the Pittsburgh Steelers have the best duo of edge rushers as outside linebackers in the league right now, and I could probably – uh feel free to back that up as well. I have no problem saying that because Watt and Highsmith are phenomenal. The interesting thing about this team as well is where they, in the past, they haven't had any depth. They brought in Melvin Ingram two years ago. He wasn't very happy with his role and basically quit the team and ended up traded because he wasn't getting enough playing time. Now they're in a situation where Marcus Golden, who I'm sure you know a lot about because he spent a lot of time with Arizona Cardinals, uh, right. you've seen him in that division. Marcus Golden already has two sacks in a very limited role for the Steelers, but when he comes in, he's really not missing that much of a beat. And you also uh, the Steelers' defense is not missing much of a beat. Also, you've got Nick Herbig from the University of Wisconsin. And he has, was a phenomenal pass rusher in the uh, in the preseason. He's one of those guys that uh, he can get to the quarterback. He uh, he studied under TJ Watt quite a bit. Not only when he was in college, TJ would come back to his alma mater help out. So uh, TJ has taken him under his wing. His big brother's on the team as well who is, um, he's an offensive lineman for the team. So the Herbigs are uh, some tough players, and they've done really well for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So the linebacker position, which was, especially in depth, was not a strength. It was a weakness. And you could really say that about the inside linebackers. They completely overhauled the inside linebackers. The Steelers have never been the same since they lost Ryan Shazier, December 4th, 2017, um, to near paralysis in Cincinnati on that night, on Monday Night Football. They uh, they have never been able to uh, fill that void. They still haven't really filled that void, but they brought in some role players that they now have a three-man attack at inside linebacker that rotate in and out. And it's finally something good. You have Quan Alexander, who does a little bit of both. He rushes well, and he is very good against the rush. So he could could play pass protection as well. So he's good at both. You have Cole Holcomb, who has done very well, you know, taking care of uh, the tight end, taking care of the running backs out of the backfield. His pass protection excuse me his uh, pass defense skills are very good and then you turn around and you have a guy in a Landon Roberts who played under Brian Flores who is now in Minnesota but was with the Steelers last year he had played for him in Miami and in New England this is a guy that i coveted for the Steelers defense for a long time he has been a wall as far as a uh, stopping the rush so those three guys are have helped against the rush and with the ram situation with their running backs down they they might have a hard time running against the Steelers but teams have found ways to run against the Steelers but you just don't know with what we're seeing in personnel
5: yeah interesting and moving on to this to your secondary uh it seems like every time I I look, I, I watch one of your games or look at the box score. There's you know the opposing team's top receiver, uh, has just gone off. And, and I'm, I'm not sure if that's uh, uh, intentional. It's like, hey, we're gonna let you know Devo- whoever it is, Devontae Adams or whoever it is, you know, uh, Brandon Ayuk or whoever it is, go, We're gonna let that guy go off and we're gonna try and contain everybody else, let them get theirs. And then and I don't know if it's been intentional, but it just seems to be an amazing trend. Um, and how productive uh you know the top receiver on the opposition's team has been. And then and then as a follow-up to that, um, what the heck is with Joey Porter Jr. Why isn't he getting on the field? (laughs) It is
3: perplexing. And when he is on the field, my goodness, he's got a zero passer rating against him. This guy is actually he's phenomenal and He's got he's got the old man in him too. Uh there were there was uh, a lot of talk that he didn't he what he was a little more low key like mom, but no, he's uh he has the Porter family attitude which you got to love as well. And I I will say it, I love the Porter family attitude, but if they represented anything other than black and gold, I would despise it completely. <laughs> <laughs> And that's just what about those receivers going off? Those look the I'm not going to say that the the Steelers defense, especially against the pass, is great. It's not, it's average, but it's the epitome of bend but don't break. And that's kind of what's happening right now. The tight ends aren't getting off on the Steelers like they used to, but you do have you do have that guy that is that uh, is a star that is picking on on the Steelers. And that's why it's head scratching that Joey Porter is not in there. Now, you had another rookie named Corey Trice Jr. that they were really excited about. But he got hurt in the first preseason game uh, with a knee injury. He's it's a tear. He's gone for the year. They were really excited about getting both of these guys and they thought they were going to be the future, but you have, they brought Desmond King in and now he's being shopped. And if he is, if there are no takers, he is going to just be flat out released. The problem is right now, Patrick Peterson has lost maybe a step and a half or close to two. Patrick Peterson is still valuable to this team, but, He's going to be more valuable in the slot. And right now he's playing on the outside. He's getting picked on. Levi Wallace is also getting picked on as well. So until you uh, bring Joey Porter Jr. in full time, and I don't know why he is not in full time. Mike Tomlin hasn't talked about it, but Terrell Austin said "Yeah, when he's ready. So I, I don't know what is going on with that, but it's still... They're still not getting killed as far as scoring. Um, they they do have the opportunity. To, they do have the opportunity to shut some people down. They still have one of the best safeties in the game in Minka Fitzpatrick. They have some decent safeties in Keanu Neal and Demonte KZ. Nothing spectacular, but decent. But with Minka, you only need a Robin to his Batman. But they they still get picked on a whole heck of a lot, but when yeah. I hear about when I hear about uh, some of the guys that will be uh, that are inactive for the Rams, I uh, I do feel a little bit optimistic. But then there's that guy number ten. There's Cooper Cup, and he is going to have a field day against this defense.
5: Interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Cup follows suit with what the trend has been.
1: Okay, that's the first half of the crossover. Tomorrow, we will share the second half focusing on the Rams' defense against the Steelers' offense.